what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Hello. Welcome back to the Spirit Build Real Talk podcast. Oh my goodness, we have really warm weather now in Texas. It is in the high 60s. We are in a completely different place than we were a week ago. But if Texas is still on your heart after the winter storms that were definitely historic in the Arctic blasts, as they call them, they were unreal. I I, I mean, it's insane and also very impressive what the human spirit and what humans can endure and overcome. It is wild, but there still is a lot of restoration and refreshing that needs to happen here. So if Texas is on your heart at all, there are lots of different places to contribute in Dallas and Houston, San Antonio, Austin, all over the place. So do a little research. There's a lot of places that you can even just donate if it's on your heart. But I did want to dive into a message today that I am calling intentional transformation. Intentional transformation. This actually was something that I realized really early, like as early as nine or 10, no joke, because I was terrified as to not only what I was experiencing and some of the dysfunction in my home, but I was also incredibly and deeply aware of deficiencies, right? Things that I was missing from, you know, not having parents that that I needed, right? Which is very real for a lot of people and not having a lot of lessons and leadership and presence and covering and protection and support, right? So there was a lot that I was afraid that I would just learn by experience. And that's a great teacher, but the school of hard knocks is hard, (laughs) right? So I was very aware of gaps. And so I was very determined to get information and to learn. But it wasn't until my salvation experience that I recognized transformation is not something to be done without God. And I don't know how effective we could ever be without God, to be honest, right? I was doing all the things. I was reading the self-help books. I was taking the classes, getting the certifications. I was trying to go to yoga to manufacture some piece, right? Like (laughs) I was doing all the things of my own strength that I could come up with, things that were supposedly supposed to deliver these promises that I wanted, that I needed in my life. But literally until God was invited into these areas of my life, I did not see the fruit that I knew was possible. Until he stepped in, that is what blew my mind. That is when I really started seeing acceleration and movement and a lot of breakthrough happen. So I want to walk through why maybe that might be if you are in a place where you're seeing struggle, if you're seeing a lot of chaos and confusion or 
repetition of experiences and you're like, man, like I'm in a different relationship, but I'm walking through a very similar situation. Like, how is this? Right. Or I keep finding myself in these kind of work environments. Like what is actually going on here? What am I missing? Like, I just feel maybe in some sort of situation, even with your kids, like I just am circling the mountain again on this same issue. Like I don't get it. Like what is up? Right. So I want to break this down and back it right with truth because this is spirit filled real talk after all so i want to first highlight the word paradigm you might have heard it you might know it but being a word nerd right sometimes it's helpful just to break it down so a paradigm what is effective for us to know about this is it's a pattern of something or a model okay And we have patterns and conditioning or models that we follow. And a lot of times, since these become habits, they become very subconscious. We're not even aware that we show up and do them unless we are intentional about recognizing them and reflecting on them, okay? And a lot of times we do see this in relationships or work environments because those arenas, those environments, those vehicles can act like mirrors. They can hold up different parts of ourselves, right? They can give us feedback. Whereas if we're just isolated or on our own, we don't always see our blind spots, right? So paradigms and different patterns can form in many ways, but I'm just going to give you a few to give you some context. So one of them can be our conditioning from childhood, kind of like I mentioned, right? An example I have is I was raised in a very orderly and neat and tidy family. Like literally, if you had dust on the floorboard, you had a job to do and you would get an allowance for cleaning that up, right? Like you couldn't allow that to stay there. Like that's the orderly. Like now, I mean, I don't even know if I look at my floorboards, but you get the idea. I still to this day do carry my my gifts and everything that I've been given well. And I pray about that. God, help me to steward well everything that I've been given. Help me to take care of it, right? I still, I drive a car now that people think is a new car because of how clean I keep it, right? (laughs) So that's a different standard. That's a different type of training than other people show up with. That's just an example from my own life experience. But think about ways that you've been trained, ways that you, you think about things, right? Like this is right, this is wrong. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is how you set the table. This is how you, uh, this is what you do before you eat a meal. Like think of all the patterns that you follow and the ways that you show up and do things, okay? And what is acceptable and what is totally unacceptable, right? Then another example is trauma. We don't often think of this, but when we experience trauma, and if you are living in the world right now, you've experienced trauma, (laughs) I I say if you were born with a belly button, right? You came from a dysfunctional family. So with that, trauma does actually condition us, right? We learned through pain what we never want to experience again and what we want to avoid. So we set up a pattern to ensure that. And that pattern we think is protecting us, but often it is blocking us, it is limiting us, and it is keeping us stuck in quite a few ways, right? So for example, if you experienced um, some sort of betrayal, you might not let people get close. You might have a, a really hard time developing trust. 
and, and having close relationships in your life. You might have patterns or habits of isolating. You might avoid processing your emotions because you don't want to feel certain things, right? There could be many things that you do. There could be certain triggers that happen for you and elicit different responses in relationship. There could be certain things that you're used to experiencing that you keep showing up with, right? So for example, I see this a lot. If you are accustomed to living in chaos and dysfunction or constant stress and frustration, often you will also create that. You will create it. If there's no chaos, no dysfunction, that's still the lens that you're looking through and you will find ways to create that as self-sabotage. It is wild, but it happens and it happens often unaware because we're not looking at these patterns, okay? Now, another one could be social conditioning. So social conditioning is interesting, but it's what we we decide again is acceptable is acceptable and okay and what's not or or what is pleasing and what's not. An example I actually saw today, there was a photo of a model on the left side and then it was juxtaposed with the youngest female astronaut on the right side. The one on the left, the model and her body, right, had millions of likes and the astronaut had thousands, which was really interesting, but this is social conditioning. Like this is what's entertaining, this is what catches my eye and whatever, right? So think about that. What ways are you being conditioned just to accept things and tolerate things and go with things, which really might not be the pattern that you wanna show up with. It might actually be productive for you. These are things that we don't think about, but we operate by patterns and models every day. Okay, so when we don't address the paradigm, that is a really great way to actually see how transformation does not just happen by happenstance. If we do not address certain paradigms that we have, if we're not constantly being transformed by the renewing of our mind, which how many of you know actually takes work, if we're not doing that work every day, transformation isn't going to just happen. In a lot of ways, it's conditional, okay? So that is perhaps a why that maybe you've not looked at before, all right? Now, I want to address the Apostle Paul because he is an example of when I first probably recognized that I can't do transformation leaning on my own understanding or in my own strength. (laughs) And I also can't do transformation apart from God. When I saw my brother... (laughs) The Apostle Paul put it like this. I was like, no wonder. Okay, so here's what he says in Romans 7, 15. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Okay, come on, let me break that down. Have you ever been in a situation you know, maybe maybe in relationships, doing things that you don't want to do. Maybe with yourself in like food habits or drinking or drugs or something. You keep doing this thing that you know you shouldn't be doing, right? Like you don't even want to do it. Like you actually hate the thing, okay? But you keep doing it. And you know, like you inherently know that you know that you know what to be doing, yet you won't do what you know to do. You won't do it. You know what to do. Like dieting is the perfect example. We don't have to diet if we have a lot of consistent healthy habits, right? But we have to have habits that are healthy and productive 
to avoid having to be extreme like that, right? But a lot of times we don't. We don't practice the consistency, so we start yo-yoing and doing some crazy things and even falling for fads because we keep doing the thing that we hate, right? It's an example. So when he laid it down that way, I was like, Okay, so this is a human thing. So to overcome, to rise above this, to actually transform, which is supernatural, right? To literally become a new thing, to walk out a new thing, that's supernatural, okay? That's an everyday miracle. And I cannot do that apart from God, okay? The Apostle Paul couldn't do it apart from God, okay? We know what to do, but we won't do it. What does that tell you? Is reading another self-help book gonna help you? Is going to another yoga class actually gonna give you peace? What happens when you walk out of there? Can you sustain peace in your life, right? What happens if you keep running from things in your relationships? Do they get better? I mean, these are things that we, we know. We know that we need to be doing something about, but we don't, okay? So I love that he just dropped it, right? And put it down so clearly. Another verse that makes intentional transformation real is Matthew 5.37, where it says, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Yo, (laughs) let me help break this down. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Okay, the evil one loves chaos, loves confusion, loves double-mindedness because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So the enemy can just help you a little bit to be messy. That is a strong move, right? Because it creates a, a, a foothold, at least for the enemy, into your life where he can torment you, where he can distract you, where he can get you caught up in all sorts of stuff. And your yes will not be yes and your no will not be no. Meaning it will be really hard for you to make decisions. It will be hard for you to say no to temptation, resist temptation. It will ha- be difficult for you to close doors and have clear boundaries around areas and things that shouldn't have access to you, right? So it's really, really important to recognize that when you are clear about who you are, what your purpose is, what you're called to, right? What your what your standards are for your life, it is really easy in a lot of ways in comparison to maybe not having things be easy, right? To see what is for you and what is not for you. To actually let your yes be yes and your no be no. To not please people, right? To not get caught up in codependency, to not get caught up in some gray area of things, but actually say, no and not have to explain yourself or say yes and let it be that. Like there's so much honor and respect in just having clear decision-making like that. Huge, huge. Okay. You might be wondering, well, how do I start doing this then? If I can't do it by leaning on my own understanding or do it in my own strength and my own willpower, right? You've seen that movie before. Psalm 34, I'm sorry, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is where you start. Delight yourself in the Lord, right? A lot of times, I know this to be true, when you don't know who you are, when you don't know actually what you want, because sometimes trauma will tell you what you want, but it's not what you want (laughs) or actually even what you need. Okay, and an example of this, let me break this down. Think about a relationship and you want certain things in the relationship, but you actually need things like emotional intelligence, healthy communication, acts of service, 
quality time, right? Like you want maybe the status of a relationship. You want maybe some excitement. You want the comfort of, of having somebody in your life, right? Or somebody to escape with and have like that escape in your life. But what you actually need is none of that stuff. Interesting, right? But, but we go through this every day without even thinking. We don't even evaluate it. Okay, so as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he starts to reveal any areas of our life where we partner with a lie, where we're not living in the truth. And he exposes that and gently, <laughs> right? And then he helps us start building our life on, a, on the rock, on a firm foundation and making the adjustments that we need to make. And then that starts to bring clarity around what we can then say yes to and what we can say no to. So it starts in delighting ourselves in the Lord. He starts to reveal who he is to us, which is really overwhelming in the best way. He starts to reveal who we are and what he says about us, what we're designed for, what we're purposed for, and, and who is here to support that and who we can build with and who, who's not fit. Just read Proverbs. Okay, so as you're delighting yourself in the Lord, as you're spending time with God, as you're building relationship with him, as you're fellowshipping with him, he will work with you on all of these areas of your life and he will strengthen you. He will embolden you. He will give you courage and boldness to show up like you've never done before. It is wild and it'll feel like your life is just accelerated. Okay, because there's hope. He will also redeem the time and restore the years. God absolutely can do that. So don't even worry about the time factor. If that is somebody, I know that that freaked me out at one point too. Like, oh my God, I've spent so many years operating like this. How am I going to, right? Don't worry about that part. Just surrender it, whatever it is to God. Okay. So that's where you start. So what I want to do now is give you an example of how to walk this out. How, how you can like practically apply this just even now, okay? So I want you to think about a relationship that you have in your life, okay? One that maybe is not going well, one where you wish this person would show up differently or do X, Y, or Z, or they just don't seem to be getting it, it's not changing, like whatever the story is, think about this relationship, okay? Once you've got it in your head, I want you to now picture this person as righteous. Picture them as righteous. Right? Made in the image and likeness of God. Picture them as righteous. Here's why. When you picture them as righteous, you actually treat them as such. You treat them as righteous. But a lot of times when we are in relationship with people. This could be with a partner, this could be with a family member, this could be with kids, this could be with employees, coworkers, this could be with bosses, whatever. When we see them as problems, we see them as, you know, something to fix, right? What we focus on is everything that's wrong. When we have this objective to fix something, we keep looking at everything that is wrong. And then what are we perpetuating? Everything that is wrong, right? And that's often what we start sowing. We start sowing frustration. We start sowing judgment. We start sowing fear. We start sowing anxiety and stress and all of these things. And none of that is productive and none of that is producing good fruit, right? So 
think about that. But when you see them as righteous, you will treat them as righteous. Okay, so the goal is never to fix somebody. It's always to encourage and empower and to really speak to strengths. Okay, so think about everything that you've been saying in that relationship. What have you been thinking? What have you been speaking? What have you been feeling? What is in your heart? Think about that because this could actually be the new pattern. It actually says in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that first part is righteousness. You want to sow righteousness into a relationship. Okay, sow righteousness, sow peace, sow joy. If you want to see the kingdom manifest and bear much fruit in these relationships. Okay. So essentially what this is doing is it's thinking and acting like Jesus, and that's how you can actually lead powerfully, okay? And you will start to see maturity. Maturity is the righteousness that is working its way out, all right? So what I want to remind you is that when you draw the best out of people, you do so by knowing they're righteous and treating them appropriately. There is nothing, there is nothing like somebody looking at you and knowing that you're righteous, that nothing is wrong with you. Like they literally see the gold in you. It is wild, right? Like Jesus draws us in that way. He draws us in with love, not by condemnation, right? Okay. And I will also add that the Holy Spirit is better at correction and pulling out what needs to be addressed than we ever will be. That's not our job. We owe man nothing but to love him, right? So think about that. And we actually honor people because we're honorable. We're not waiting for people to be worthy of love. We love them because we are loving. We honor because we're honorable, right? Okay, now the next one, peace. What I love about peace is the shalom peace of God. It will blow your mind. It actually means nothing missing, nothing broken, okay? But are we looking at our workplace, at our family, at our kids, at our partners? Are we looking at them with this piece? Are we sewing this piece? Think about it. Is that the pattern? What is the fruit that you see? Is it bitter? Is it rotten? Check it out. I'm just saying. <laughs> and you've got to be doing these things first, right? You've got to be able to lead and mentor yourself first before you can extend that outwardly. But that's why if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, he will help you carry the kingdom for you and so that you can overflow with the kingdom and bring that to other people, okay? Now, I do want to to highlight that other than blindness and blind spots or like let's say rebellion, leave the rest of the Holy Spirit. Like your job is just to sow kingdom and leave the rest of the Holy Spirit, okay? Because we're all a work in progress. The objective here is to keep pouring in righteousness, peace, and joy. And of course, if there's rebellion or sin, there's a time to, to confront that and a place to do that. But you don't want a majority of the relationship to be all about fixing and pointing fingers at all, okay? So lastly, joy, all right? It is so important to sow joy because when you are on a transformation journey, the joy of the Lord is your strength just in general, right? And you can't get through that without joy and laughter and fun. Like life is joyful. You're actually designed to, to live out of it. And it's the most contagious energy that you could actually 
give somebody, right? Somebody that has joyful energy, like you want to be around them. You want what they're having. You want some of that too, right? Like serve it up for me. So this, if you start doing this intentionally, if you start sowing according to the kingdom into yourself and everywhere that you go, start paying attention to what happens. Start paying attention to what happens. You will literally start changing a paradigm. You change a paradigm by replacing it with something else. So for example, if you recognize that you're believing a lie in some area, you renounce it and you replace it with truth and then you start acting out of that truth. So this is similar. Just do an assessment on a scale of one to 10, 10 being all the time and zero being like not ever, right? How often are you living out of your righteousness every day? Are you close to 10? Like, where are you at? Okay, now move into peace. On a scale of one to 10, how often are you living out of peace every day? All right, then just notice, like pay attention, think about the fruit that's being produced, the harvest that you're preparing for, because you prepare for the harvest today, right? And what you see now is what you sowed before, okay? And then think about joy. (laughs) Are you somebody that is, not living in joy? Are you somebody that's always serious and stressed and frustrated and overwhelmed and right? Or are you living out of joy? Because all of these things, right? Trusting God when we don't understand, like all of last week, (laughs) right? Trusting God when we don't understand, trusting God when we don't see change, trusting God when it seems like we're in the same place and nothing is happening, trusting God is a decision, It's a decision. And that decision is choosing faith. Faith is a decision, right? Just like what we sow. What we sow, what we activate, what we give life to every day is a choice. And it is intentional, okay? Transformation is not going to just happen by happenstance. But it's going to happen by intention, by delighting in the Lord, by being clear with what we value and what we stand for right? By paying attention to what we sow and doing it intentionally, right? By being willing to see things differently and do things differently and build with God, not in our own understanding or not in our own strength. All right? All right, guys, big word, big word. But I would love to hear from you. I I have a strong sense that as you start doing this, like you'll start to see instant shifts. So I would love to hear feedback from you. You can connect with me if you have anything to share or testimony or anything. I would love to hear it and celebrate it with you. You can send it over to info.julianapage at gmail.com. You can also connect with me over on YouTube. I have a lot of uplifting content over there. So make sure you follow here, follow over there. And then you can also get plugged into coaching programs and courses when you go and check out julianapage.com. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.